Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. For this week's episode, I'm joined by Alice Living. Alice is a qualified PT, a three-time best-selling author, a women's health columnist and a women's aid ambassador. Many of you may know Alice for her Instagram live early morning workouts. And in today's conversation, we talk a lot about strength training. We talk about routine and structure and Alice's approach and mindset to discipline and her morning routine. She is a big advocate of early starts and the power hour. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode. Alice, welcome to the podcast. Where should we begin? Many people listening will know you from social media. You're currently hosting IG live workouts most mornings to help your audience of over half a million people to keep motivated and keep moving throughout lockdown. You also have your podcast, Give Me Strength, and you're a best-selling fitness author. You're a busy lady. So where should we start? I think I'd love to start with, I guess, where we are today right now in January in the UK we're in lockdown so how are you doing well I always think it's good to be honest with these things because the instant response is to go oh I'm fine I'm really fine (laughs) but actually if I lean into what I'm feeling right now it is that I am struggling a little bit I have good days and bad days so it doesn't feel completely awful I definitely have days where I'm like, oh, you know things feel like they're okay I'm busy I'm doing stuff I might see a friend for a walk And then I have those days where the hours go by so slowly (laughs) and I'm just sat at my desk thinking, is it over yet? Um, You know, like I, I would like to think that in this entire situation, I feel incredibly privileged for the fact that, you know, I've got a nice home. I'm still working. I uh, have a supportive partner and family and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I think generally you'd have to be superhuman for this not to have affected you in some way. And I think for me, it's definitely the the lack of human connection um, and just the, the wayward emotions that I seem to go through on a daily basis. Like my spectrum of emotions in a day has just gone from being like maybe a bit happy, maybe a bit sad to like off the scale of both of those things. Um, but yeah, I'm getting through. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's something we should all talk about. And I think it's okay to say you're finding it hard because I think it's yeah. hard for everyone. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. good and bad. Yeah. Well, I'm nodding along, Alice. I can relate to a lot of what you're saying. I think many people can. And it's interesting as well that, you know, we feel like we have to caveat sometimes by saying, yes, I'm grateful that I have a nice home. Yes, I'm grateful that I can still work. It's almost like we're not allowed to to be grateful and, and optimistic and happy and also feel the same fit in the same day as you said the ups and downs you can be incredibly happy and, and grateful and for the things that you have while still feeling as you said that spectrum of emotion and sometimes I, I don't know about 
you but the previous lockdowns I I felt maybe it was the weather maybe it was because it was the first time I'd ever experienced being at home that much it didn't didn't feel as challenging as as this time this time I'm I'm right there with you with the kind of up and down and feeling like is it when's it going to end you know I think we've all got to that that stage now but as I said your morning workouts you're doing them and so many people are joining you and I don't know how does that play into that feeling as you, as you said if you're feeling up and down but you know you have to show up for that for that audience for that time to to do that class how's mm. that going yeah I mean they give me a really good structure and um for me I'm a I am very much and we can talk about this a morning person and so getting up and starting my day with something that's high energy where I feel like I have to have people to show up for actually gets me out of bed in the morning and gives me a purpose for my day sometimes you know I don't like when I have a whole day ahead of me and I think what the hell am I going to do to fill all of these hours like sometimes just even having that thing to kickstart my day gets me in a really positive headspace and gives me a good focus to then continue throughout the day um I think it's two sides though on the one hand there is so much that I gain from it um I think the feedback that I get from people is invaluable um the fact that I I do feel like I'm helping lots of people makes me feel great um and the fact that you know amongst a sea of kind of misinformation and and kind of um unqualified advice across the fitness industry I'd like to consider myself a voice that that offers that level of credibility and that would people people would come to me as someone that they trust so I do feel that that's a really positive um thing but on the flip side like I I am someone who who trains clients one-to-one and you get that like instant feedback of being with someone and developing a connection with them and I was saying actually to my boyfriend today like I sometimes finish the sessions and it's like oh wait there's actually no one there like (laughs) I spend this time like giving and talking and thinking that all and you know and there are all these people watching at home but I don't get the opportunity to then be like oh how did you find it like was that good you know so I just miss that connection with with people you know I, I, I think back to you know days of events I'm sure you have done them too where you end and you know you can have chats with people that have taken your class and you can sort of say how did you find it or you know just even just engage with people on 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 a level and just not having that I do find sometimes a little bit hard because um I feel like I give so much and then when you don't really get much back um it can be difficult but you know on the whole I get so many lovely messages from people who say they're enjoying them and I do get a lot back from it too you know like like I said with the structure and um, starting my day and just giving me you know um a real focus as well over this time it, you know, it's, it is a difficult time as you said so just having a bit of a focus for myself has been great yeah, well, there's two things I was thinking when you were talking. One is, you know, you said about human connection and, you know, you're an extroverted person and, you know, mentioned events. You'd love to be in the room with people face to face. I'm totally with you on that. And the second thing was maybe I was thinking about the performer in you because, mm. you know, I know that you have a performance background. We actually went to the same, actually trained at the same college, but separate times. So, yeah, the performer in you, maybe do you feel like in the mornings with, you know, like you say, there is an audience there and it's kind of lights, camera, action. So even if you're not necessarily feeling 100 you can kind of turn it on and be like you know what I'm here to deliver this class in the same way you would when it's a performance you know the show must go on and all that yeah like I I think it's so interesting that you say I'm an extrovert because this is actually something that I've been thinking about recently is like I actually think I'm amazing at being a performative extrovert (laughs) like I'm really good at being like I can put on a show and it's because you know like you said we I have a performance background I'm really able to turn it on when I need to and to dig deep and find that smile and that energy that I need um 
But I think that's sometimes what I find kind of exhausting about what I do is actually to some extent, um, I also love retreating into myself and I love being on my own and I love, um, you know, I'm not wildly social. I don't have a massive group of friends. I'm, I'm actually quite, you know, introverted in, in many ways. And so I, I really have to find a balance between the give and the, the take of, of me having my time to myself. Um, but yeah, I think when you touched on the, the kind of um, performance background, I think it's really interesting, like the skill set that it teaches you going to theatre school and how connected that is to everything that I do now. You know, it's just as much about being able to connect with people, being able to um, deliver what people are expecting and um and also just to be able to 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 be able to you know I have so many people that message me saying how do you speak in front of thousands of people and it's like well it was kind of drilled into me for for my entire life so it feels second nature for me to do that um yeah but I think that's what you know when when 7 a.m comes every morning and I you know turn on my ring light and turn on my phone I do think like lights camera action let's go Mm -hmm. let's do this but I do think as well I I I do try and be honest when I'm not 100% feeling it and I do sort of say you know like even this morning I put up this story and I was like not quite there but I'm going to give you 100% of what I've got today guys because Mm. (laughs) I know I have to but yeah Mm, I'm sure people probably really appreciate that because, as I said, they, they can understand having feeling that themselves. And yeah, touching on on that, I guess transferable skills kind of thing of what you said, experiencing you know your training, and then you probably didn't think when you were training at, at performance at drama school that you would be doing this today. And I think actually, as the world is changing so much, everything from the fitness industry to you know so many industries actually being impacted not just by the the last twelve months and the pandemic, but also just by innovation and technology and the pace at which things are changing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that I'm a mother to you know a nine year old, and it's it's this you think about what's to come in the next decade or two and actually I think the idea of transferring your skills and taking whatever you're learning and thinking you don't actually know where it's going to lead what the future opportunities could be and that's you know not just for young people but you know my guest on the show last week she was talking about starting a whole new career and searching for something new and she's 48 so I think for all of us it's kind of you know the, the hard work the skills that all it's never wasted. No and I also think that's the beauty of social media like I this this career would have never been an opportunity for me um you know had it not been for that um it kind of created my brand and everything that I've gone on to do and um I think it's proven to everyone and anyone that um you know you can use it to elevate your brand and your business and really this is the time of the entrepreneur you know like I see this as being a time when instead of, you know, leaving school and thinking, well, I've probably got to go and work in an office. There are so many more opportunities available to people, freelancing and entrepreneurialism and 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 people really having side hustles too, where they're really exploring their passions and then turning that into their business just excites me so much. And I think um, social media has opened up a world of opportunities that, ju- that just wasn't there before. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really great. And, and it's great to see, um, you know, that, like you just mentioned, it's not just limited to the younger generation. You know, I've seen loads of people who are, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, who have used it to start a side hustle or a business and, and really benefited from, you know, those transferable skills and being able to use social media to, to, to build a platform. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's wicked. And I think the future is bright for hopefully for um, kids like Jude and, and those growing up. 
Mm, oh my gosh, let's see. One thing they won't be able to do is get a domain name. I'm telling you now, because they are all taken. <laughs> but we're going to talk a bit more actually about social media later on. But before we do, I wanted to take it back a little bit to when we first met. So Alice, I'm putting you on the spot right now. And I don't know if you remember or can recall the day or where we actually met for the first time. Because when I tell you, I feel like you're, we're going to have a lot to say about this this day. Do you know, again, like, it's so bad, but I, my memory is awful and I don't feel like I want to guess. guess. I know okay. it's wrong. So no, it's fine. I'm going to jump in. Tell me and I'll be, be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, it's, well, it's, it's an interesting one, which is why I thought I had to bring it up. But basically, <laughs> I think maybe, no, because honestly, you know, obviously now, like with social media and you follow yeah. people and you meet people and you kind of forget there's so many events, as you say. Sure. But the first time we actually met in the flesh, face to face, real life, not online, was we were both walking in Charlie Cohen's London Fashion Week <gasps> show. Do you yes. remember? Yes. <laughs> yes. You see? Well, people listening to the show probably don't know that we can see each other. We're on video call as well as recording um, oh. remotely online. So uh, Alice is looking like it's all coming back to you. It's it's all, I don't know you if it's good what? or bad memories. I need to tell you about that day. Can I? Both of us probably. I mean, firstly, before you do, because I really want you to just take the mic. But before you do, for anyone listening, I just casually dropped that in. Oh, we were walking in a London Fashion Week show. I mean, I've never done it before and I've never done it since. But we were. We were the first. Charlie Cohen, she's she's an incredible London-based fashion designer. And she she designs technical fitness fashion apparel and athleisure. And she was one of the first to really hero athleisure in the fashion space. I think now everyone, you know, athleisure is a mainstream thing. But when she did that, no one was walking down the catwalk wearing leggings and and capes and and so that's what we did and as 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 you're going to tell us it was a very interesting day and it's actually featured in Vogue I remember being like I just did a London Fashion Week show and my son was about two years old so I felt like I was like the coolest mum ever but anyway tell me or tell us your recollection of that day so I was on tour at the time and I remember Charlie get, like messaged me at this opportunity to do this London Fashion Week thing. Um, and I um, I was obviously desperate to do it because at the time I was like, I'm five foot one. I will never, ever probably walk in London Fashion Week again. So what an amazing opportunity. I have to make sure I'm down for it. And I think it was on a Sunday, wasn't it? Because it was my only day off. So basically I was in Manchester performing at the Palace Theatre there. And I had one day to get down to London, to walk in London Fashion Show, to drive back up to Manchester and to perform on Sunday evening. Oh, no, no, we didn't do Sunday evening. So perform the next day. So I didn't have to have a show that evening. But anyway, the drive was hideous. I was in such a bad mood because it's like a four hour drive. It ended up being got down to London. And um, I just remember it was the first time where I'd really had this overwhelming moment of like, what am I doing You know, like I don't, I felt on that day, I don't belong here. I don't feel very comfortable. Um, This is not the world that I think I want to enter into. (laughs) And I left and I remember driving back and I think it was a collection of um, being completely exhausted from tour life, which I know you can relate to. Like I was, I'd done a week of shows and I I think we were like cast members down that week anyway. So I was like absolutely shattered and um also just a bit of a realization of like what is this world that i'm entering into are are these the things that i want to do and i drove back from london to manchester just 
sobbing and crying. Oh no, oh no, I didn't know you did. Because I felt so awful. And, and, and this is no disrespect to Charlie, who I think is amazing and a wonderful person. And I think the show was incredible. But it's just where I guess like, and this is a real moment for me as well. Like I was in incredible shape at that time. Like I was half the size I am now. And I still felt this like, crippling anxiety of like I don't look good I don't feel comfortable like oh my god everyone looks better than me it was that it was that that really ate up at me and so leaving I was just like oh my god I that that was that's not what I want to do that's not the space I want to enter enter into and it really knocked me back a bit um but gosh that day honestly I didn't know that you actually left feeling that way I didn't know you at all then as I said we just met there were some really big characters and we were yeah. all there all thrown in I think it was the first time I was meeting so many of so many people some of them I'm still still in touch with today but yeah there were so many big characters it did feel very whirlwind very like you know in and hair and makeup and you know rehearsal and you know London fashion baby and also if I'm really honest that was it's interesting that you said you you felt like that because I as I said Jude was maybe two no one else there you know was a mum and I remember actually what someone saying to me wait what you've got a kid (laughs) and being like oh and just feeling like oh am I just a little bit old and then everyone doing snapchat and at the time I didn't have snapchat I think I just joined instagram and everyone just being like instagram this and snapchat that and it was just snapchat 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 and yeah I was a little bit like wow this is crazy but I also I also remember it and think you know what if we didn't say yes to some of the crazy things in the past over the last 10 years I'm sure you've probably got other things where you kind of turn up and you think what the heck what is what am I what is going on but I sometimes I don't know I look back on those things and I think actually embracing things jumping in being out of your comfort zone saying yes to opportunities you never know what it's going to lead to and I think that was a good example yeah it's amazing and it had nothing to do with um Charlie and, I, and the clothes were amazing um but yeah it was more just the atmosphere like I just it was just a, a, a bit of an, an eye-opener for me like a big melting pot of all these people with massive personalities and I actually that was one of those moments where I was like oh I don't know if I fit in here <laughs> um absolutely yeah well like I say that was actually the day that we met for the first time I think we've we've done lots of things together and uh, different things since then and it's been really amazing actually to watch and to see you know I I know that you've gone really you know in the direction with everything you've done in the fitness space and actually that's what I wanted to talk to you about next which is Mm. about strength training so Mm. I mentioned your podcast give me strength for anyone who's familiar with you and the work that you do you talk about strength training a lot. You, I know you strength train yourself, both um, in the gym and at home. And for me, I'm a road runner and mm-hmm. I do a lot of body weight and a lot of cardio. And I don't really do that much resistance or strength. So I feel like you're the perfect person to yeah, talk to us about strength training, what it is, what it isn't, who do you recommend it for, why is it good for us and why you love it. Yeah, so I mean, I'll start with why I love it because I think it's a nice story to get into. Um, as we've spoken about, uh, my my background was dance, and um, up until when I went away to theatre school, like I was never sporty. I mean, my gym sessions involved going to the gym, running on the treadmill for like twenty minutes, seeing how many calories I'd burned, and then like leaving and being like, "Great session." <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com/weightloss. And um, and I remember going away to college as well. Did you have Mo for conditioning? No. Oh, okay. So when I was at college, we had this guy called Mo. Um, if anyone went to Bird who's listening, I'm sure you'll remember him around my my age. But yeah, so we had this guy called Mo, and he would take us for conditioning, and we'd do like you know, they had like these old weights in the gym and we would sort of like lift weights, but never seriously. Um, But it was really when I was at college that um, I had a couple of comments from teachers, like, I'll be totally honest, I was never the strongest dancer and I was never the the kind of standout performer. Like I kind of scraped my way into Bird College. And um, so I was like, I was probably like someone who hit at the back a little bit and didn't do like, especially my first year, I didn't do as well as I wanted to. And like, I just felt like maybe I was, um, falling behind a bit and I had this comment from one of my teachers at the end of my first year and she just said to me Alice you really need to get stronger you don't have a strong core and if you do that that's going to really help you um, and so off the back of that it kind of spurred me to think about okay well how do I get stronger and this was at the time when Joe Wicks was doing his stuff and weight training was starting to come in like Kayla Itzinez was was on Instagram um, and I sort of just thought to myself, well, I'll give this a go. Like I've never done it before, but I'll see how I get on. Started like weight training, um, at my local, like better gym in Sidcup and, um, and actually found that it was something that suddenly I was like, Oh, I actually quite like this. Like, I feel like I'm getting stronger. I feel physically empowered. Um, and I feel as though this is something that I actually want to come back and keep doing. It doesn't feel like punishment. It doesn't feel like I'm doing it to kind of um, kill my body. It's something that actually feels really good for me. Um, and so I carried on and carried on. And actually, it was during my second year that my body just changed. You know, I was dancing loads, but nothing ever changed in the first year. And suddenly in the second year, my physique changed, you know, suddenly I had this like six pack and massive guns and all this kind of stuff. And my teachers were just like, oh my God. And it was, it was as well for me, um, a mental transformation as it was a physical one, because suddenly I gained this like confidence that I just didn't have. And as someone in my first year who hit at the back of my classes, I was then like trying to stand at the front and putting myself forward for things. And I ended up getting like the lead role in my second year musical. And from there, it was like, because someone had the belief in me to give me that, it like things just went on for me. And I was, I signed with an agent in third year and I was one of the first people in my year to get a job. So it was really like such a pivotal thing for me that weight training just brought me this level of confidence that I'd never had before. Um, and going on to your other questions, what weight training really does, I guess the, the initial fear for women that are listening is, oh my God, I'm going to get bulky. I'm going to, you know, bulk up and, um, and I'm going to look like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well, you know what? I want to jump in there, Alice. I don't want to interrupt you and I'm going to take it back, but it's interesting how you said, you know, the teacher at college saying to you, Alice, you need to get stronger. And actually she said that in a positive way and, you know, words have power and, you know, you were young and it influenced you. And it's, it's you know, honestly, teachers sometimes for, for better or for worse, they have a lot to answer for because when I was at Berg College, my experience actually was probably the opposite of that. So I've always had a very athletic body and I've always from the, I'm honestly remember being 12 years old and just always having this athletic body, which yes, now might be kind of seen as, um, 
you know, desirable or whatever, but mm. actually then it certainly wasn't. And at college, I do remember the ballet teacher, who I'm not going to name and shame, actually kind of singling me out, but in a negative way and saying, oh, you know, you don't look balletic, you don't look graceful, you don't look, um, I think she even used the word feminine enough because of my body. And actually the fact that you were told, you know, Alice, you need to get stronger and it empowered you to go and, you know, like you said, strength train and gave you confidence. If anything, what, yeah, my experience was, was probably the way around there where it kind of made me go, oh, I, uh, wait, what? I'm, I'm not supposed to look this way. And, and it's interesting when you talk then about how people's fear, often women's fear is that, oh, if you touch weights, you're going to look muscly or you're going to mm. bulk up or as if that's a bad thing, first of all. Um, and again, trying to fit into this idea of, well, we want women to look this way, but not too much. And like, you mm. should look like that, but not too much. And mm. maybe try, and it's so, it's such a fine line between, you know, body types and what's naturally your body but mm. then the, you know this idea of you know the the photoshop thing and the, the the idealism and kind of just the bs if i'm honest in the kind of beauty standards and all of that that's rammed down our throat then you have this other layer now of you know diet culture and this and that so i think actually stripping it back to what you said and when you started to feel empowered by lifting weights have you seen that for others or do you think we're still in this dance of people saying oh yeah do strength training to be strong but not too muscly because I'm so sick of hearing oh, not too okay. there's so much I want to say there the first thing is I had my fair share of pretty ropey comments from teachers when I was at, when I was at college so whilst that one was a positive one that did instigate a positive change I had my fair share of people being like Alice lose weight <laughs> in my first year um but what I would say is yeah you're absolutely right we are always policing women's bodies and it's something that's exhausting and it's something that will never stop unless we really address why we do it why do we have issues with people looking different from the norm um and I think that um you know beautifully the world has created women with all different sorts of bodies and I think that's something that should be celebrated rather than all of us trying to fit into the same mold um, the second thing that I would say is, yeah, you're absolutely right. This kind of this perception of lifting weights and getting bulky actually comes from our um, inability to appreciate like what work it takes. Like I look at like CrossFitters, for example, and think, oh, my God, they look amazing. They look beautiful. They look strong. Uh, I don't think to myself, oh, my God, she's so bulky because I can appreciate how hard it takes to get there. Um, and I think it's just our our. our um, lack of being able to see diversity amongst women that stops us from um, ever wanting to, to, to veer away from the norm. Um, but bringing it back to getting bulky, I mean, the, 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 the sad thing is, is that it just doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. Our bodies as women don't produce enough testosterone. You know, we are estrogen and progesterone based. We don't produce enough testosterone to elicit the same response from weight training that men get. So if you think that you're going to start lifting some weights and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's just not going to happen. Uh, it's not physiologically possible. And if it were to be possible, it would take you years and years of laying down muscle fibers to be able to get to a point where you have that level of muscle mass so um and probably some some kind of steroid abuse in there too <laughs> but um but I think that um we really have to question why we're afraid of it and um and yeah you're absolutely right like we we are we have this thing where there's only really one body type that's the ideal and if you're not that you're seen as um other than and um I think that you know like I I have been lots of different shapes and sizes. I've been bigger, I've been smaller. And um, I think right now I'm at a point where I'm 
kind of just trying to take the focus away from the way I look. Um, you know, like almost this idea of body neutrality, like I don't love my body, but I also don't hate it either. And I don't ever look in the mirror now and say, oh my God, I look awful because I'm so much more than the the body that I'm in. And mm-hmm. I can have days where I might feel a little bit rubbish about it. Yeah. But also I try and be compassionate with that. Um, but anyway, I've been completely off topic from weight training there. So I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, so um, bring it back to, to away from, as you say, the the aesthetics and the image, but actually why, why should women strength train or men? But what are the benefits, uh, I guess, physically and mentally? Yeah. So um, benefits are, you know, with any exercise, we know that that's linked to an, an, uh, an increase in, in endorphins and, and feeling good and that kind of happy feeling um, and hopefully a reduction in symptoms of um, depression, anxiety. You know, we know that any form of exercise does that. But what I would say with strength training in particular for women um, is that um, it's that level of empowerment where it was a space that was so long, uh, for so long, kind of dominated by men. I remember on my own journey, you know, stepping into the weight section of the gym felt like such a daring thing to do, uh, particularly like back in 2014, 2015. Um, and it really felt like the most empowering thing to be in there, to be lifting heavy weights and to be actually like owning my space and being like, I deserve my place here just as much as the next person. Um Physically, though, you know, the benefits are far reaching, you know, particularly for well, for men and for women to have a strong frame with muscles that are strong to support your daily movement is really, really key. Um, Things like increased bone mass, um, increasing your um, ability to just be able to move well. Um, We know that strength training is linked to so many positive health benefits that um, it's something that's actually recommended, like some form of resistance training. And I think it's important to caveat this with you know when people's uh people's idea of strength training tends to be oh I'm lifting really really heavy weights and I'm you know like having to do 100 kilo deadlifts it doesn't have to look like that resistance training can look very very different depending on the goal and depending on who's doing it so it could just be that you use your body weight as a resistance and you play around with things like tempo and maybe resistance bands and stuff like that or you are using dumbbells or kettlebells or it could be really heavy lifting, but there's such a spectrum of what resistance training can be. And I don't think people should be scared by the kind of heavy, heavy end, because there's a whole load of stuff that's like really good to introduce yourself with at the lighter end, like using dumbbells, using kettlebells, resistance bands, all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, don't be scared of it. Don't see it as something that um, that should be, you know, you should be shied away from. Um, the only thing that I'd say with strength training is that the barrier to entry is just that little bit higher than putting your trainers on and going out for a run. So um, in terms of getting started, it's just that little bit harder to get your foot through the door because I would say getting some good advice when you start out is really key. So whether that's following someone on Instagram like myself who can hopefully show you, you know, good technique, the key movement patterns that you need to kind of nail um, and how to get started with those or whether that's having a couple of PT sessions so you have that one-to-one care, um, that will really help set you out on the right foot. Um, that's not to say that there aren't also other options you know there's I mean you work for fit they've got great strength training options on there there's there's loads of there's loads of resources that you can use to help you kickstart that journey but I would say getting that little bit of advice early on will really help you to to progress on that journey healthily uh, with good movement quality and, and to hopefully ensure you stay injury free 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think to to add on to that, I think this is the time right now where more than ever people who maybe they went to group classes, maybe they did a little bit of exercise, maybe they didn't do any, but I'm sure you've probably seen this as well in the fitness space in the last, you know, since the pandemic, I think one real positive to have come out of it, if there are any, is that I think people are making movement a part of their day. I think people are really prioritizing their health, um, you know, getting fitter, getting stronger, whether that is through through strength and, and resistance training or through setting themselves a goal of running every day or doing yoga every day. The, honestly, the, the, that's what I've seen anyway, is that people who said to me, you know what, I was either never into fitness at all and I've just started slow. And I think that barrier to entry, as you described, I think before people might have felt that, you know, I, I, they didn't have the confidence to go into the weight section of the gym. Maybe they didn't have the confidence to go into a gym at all or mm. into a boutique space where mm-hmm. you're going into a class and there's an instructor and there's lights and music and it kind of feels like everybody knows, you know, everyone and you're just yeah. kind of, as you say, hiding at the back. I've found a lot of people that have said, you know what, I never would have done these classes. The, you know, the classes maybe they've discovered mm-hmm. on the Fit app or through online IG Live. Mm. And now they're like, wow, I'm doing bar, I'm doing Pilates, I'm doing kettlebells, they're doing all these things from their home. So I think if anyone listening who maybe hasn't started that journey yet, I think now is a really good time to actually try something new. Completely. I so agree with you. And I think when you can do it from the comfort of your living room without having to have anyone watching, that's the best place to be a beginner because it takes away that fear of, oh God, did I do it right? Or did I get something wrong? You know, you can wear whatever you want. You don't have to worry about having the latest gym gear or anything like that. You can be in your PJs trying a workout and just making the mistakes from home so that by the time we get around to hopefully gyms opening, you're at a point where you might feel confident enough to step into that class. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about mornings, about the power Mm -hmm. hour. You know all about my power hour. And for people who regularly listen to the show, they certainly do. So pre-lockdown, I know when you train clients in the gym, you were always up and out early. You're probably Mm -hmm. one of the only people who's up, you know, the same time as me, walking down the street with your keep cup, you know, in the dark at (laughs) 5.30. So I guess maybe we should talk about that. So pre-lockdown, your early mornings. Yeah, how, how were those mornings for you? Have you always been an early person or is it some that you came out of necessity because of your work well actually my early morning routine started when I was on tour I read the book the miracle morning and um I basically decided that that was going to be my golden time so actually when I was on tour I was writing my first book and I just felt like there weren't enough hours in the day and I was sort of exhausted from the show and I was getting into a really bad routine of like going out after the show and stuff and getting home late Um, And I read that book and I really found it like transformational. I remember I was up in Glasgow and um, reading it and just sort of thinking, oh my God, I'm going to do this. So I set my alarm. I didn't set it for five, but I set it for six and um, getting up and just having that first hour where everyone else is asleep and you can get on. And I actually felt so productive. Like I didn't turn on my phone. I didn't look at my phone and I wrote my book like that. You know, I did it in the early hours of the morning. Yeah, I know you did the same. And that was how I got through. And it meant that I had time to then focus on the show, to be able to go to the gym, to be able to get to work and and do whatever I needed to do there um, without worrying about, you know, are there enough hours in the day? And so I've continued that for the rest of my for the rest of my life. Like I I wake up at five thirty at the moment every day. Um, I get up, I have a coffee, I um, 
sit and I catch up on the news and I just take that time when it feels like the world's asleep to really focus on me and um I feel like in a way and it this sounds incredibly smug but I just feel like I'm one step ahead of everyone else because <laughs> you start the day and I think okay everyone's just waking up and I've already done my emails I've already like got myself ready for whatever it is that I need to do and the day's just starting um and yeah with my clients and stuff like I mean, my clients will know I um, am terrified of being late. I hate, hate, hate being late for anything. It's my biggest pet hate. Um, and so if my clients were at seven, I'd be there for like 6.30 just to make sure I'm there and ready to go. So I, I always leave like early and make sure that I get my coffee on my way. I'm a real routine person. So I'd literally like same time I leave the front door, same time I hit the coffee shop, get my coffee, get on the bus, go to work. Um, and I just find that that makes me function really well. And if I had to say one of the things I'm really missing right now, it is that morning routine, that going into work and just being like, hi, everyone, how are you doing? Like just even connecting with like the front of house staff and stuff like that, I miss. Um, but I'm still sticking to that morning routine in lockdown. I still get up at half five. I'm still making sure that I have that little golden hour to myself before the world wakes up. Um, and I do feel like it sets you up with a really good discipline. I don't know whether there's something about a Adrian, us having a performance background where you had to get up early to be in ballet for 8am that kind of gives you that level of discipline. I don't know. I, I think there's something in it, but well maybe there's a couple of things one was I was just like you're speaking my language and as you know with the show and with the power with the book you know the power hour all of it you know I feel like a broken record when I say to people about how incredible that time is with free mm. from distraction and you know you can focus on mm. your own time so hearing you say it for me I was like thank you very much <laughs> but when you said about the you know the discipline of performance I think I definitely think there's something in partly nature partly nurture so I think there's part mm. of your personality you know you're saying then you don't you don't like to be late so that's something around um conscientiousness and there's there's some there's something there I think where some people I know can be kind of up at the very last minute rushing out the door they can be 10 minutes late and that's kind of how they live their life I've got friends like that and they're no, just like, like that we are uh, yeah I mean really well I've got friends who literally 20 minutes after they're supposed to leave the house we'll get in the shower and start getting ready no. so you know all of that but so maybe it's a bit of nature and nurture but I think yeah. discipline you're right you know having going dance training and having the discipline that you have to not just be there at a certain time but kind of yeah I don't know the discipline that it takes on a physical perspective as well maybe there's something in that for sure but for, yeah. for anyone listening who's thinking okay you two are freaks you know you two are you know made of the same gene you're cut the same way that's why you can get up half five some people really struggle with the consistency thing and they say oh you know they're kind of on and off on and off so do you have any advice for any people who maybe want to try the mornings or they've done it a couple of times but then by day three but day four they're hitting snooze and they're staying in bed um okay this is gonna sound really smug again but I think it does come down to structure and discipline like my evenings are what make my mornings. So I make sure that the night before I've, this is pre-COVID, but I've laid out my, actually not even pre-COVID because I still do it now for like my teaching, but I've laid out my outfit. I've got my stuff ready that I'm gonna wear. I've prepared the things that I needed to prepare the night before. And then I'm in bed by like half nine at the latest, ready to go to sleep. I, um, I feel that sleep is so crucial to who I am as a person. And it's not that I get less sleep. I just do my day differently. So my day's early start, early finish. 
and that works really, really well for me. There are some people for whom that's just not going to work. They'll be late start, late finish, and they'll work till like two in the morning. That is just so not how I operate. And I think that, you know, we know that it's better for us to be up, to be active and to be um, tapping into our circadian rhythm by working and being outdoors or being near light during daylight hours. That really helps to regulate our circadian rhythm and it helps to keep us having regular sleep and consistent quality of sleep as well. Um, so I kind of make sure that my evenings are where my morning is made, getting myself organized, being in bed early, reading a book before bed to kind of like calm my mind and bring me down. Um, you need like research shows you need like at least an hour to decompress from your day, even more so sometimes if your day has been really stressful to just wind down to go to sleep. So um, yeah, taking that time. And that means that my morning feels seamless because everything's ready. I don't stress about anything. The alarm goes and I'm like, I have nothing to worry about. My one other tip, and this is what I tell everyone, clients, friends, whatever, do not snooze your alarm ever. Amen. Because, yeah, because snoozing is basically the worst thing you can do for not only just like being disciplined and organized, but it's actually really bad for your body too to fall back into like a really light sleep. And it's not sleep quality, good sleep. It's just like, it's pretty pointless sleep. Um, so if anything, I would say try and be really disciplined to just get up to that first alarm. And the second thing, sorry, I'm going to add this again make your bed, make your bed so you don't be tempted to get back into it. So get up, <laughs> make your bed and then get on with the rest of your day. That's it. That's it. Honestly, <laughs> amen. You are just speaking my language. And actually for the evening, the evening thing as well, you know, it does take, I say it takes me more discipline in the evening than in the morning because, you know, I could quite easily stay up late, but I don't. And actually for any parents listening, I know that once the kids are in bed, often people will say to me, well, Adrienne, that's when I then have my time. You know, it's mm -hmm. like the kids have gone to bed. I don't want to then go to bed an hour later. But I think everyone's, you know, individual circumstance, you've got to do what works for you. But I think yeah. if you want to get up earlier, as you say, it's not about sleep deprivation, but it's actually about getting into bed earlier. And how good is it? You know, when you get into bed and you're just like, this is so comfy. It's so nice. Often when people are like, Oh, I'm really tired I'm like why don't you go to bed why don't you yeah. go to bed earlier instead of could they make their wind down time? So like really focus on that hour before bed. Could they make that things that are like actually a little bit of self-care? So like, is that having a bath, reading a book, like doing stuff that decompresses rather than stimulates them? Mm, yeah yeah it's definitely a challenge to find more hours in the day for sure <laughs> okay so before we move on to the quick fire round honestly I feel like I could talk to you Alice for ages oh, but I'm going to move on to the quick to fire round and then yeah quick fire round and then closing question but before I do so for anyone listening to this if they don't already if they don't already follow you online where can they find you I am at Alice Living with an annoying E. So I'm going to spell it for you because it's L-I-V-E-I-N-G. Uh, and that's on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, and yeah, come join the party. <laughs> Wicked. Okay, so here we go with the quick fire round. So what is one word or phrase that you are taking into 2021? Never a failure, always a lesson. Yes. One book that you recommend to everyone to read? Oh, Three Women by Lisa Tadeo. Nice. What's the best thing that you have bought for £100 or less? C can it be a tiny bit over £100? <laughs> a little bit. Because I bought my Kindle and I love it. Absolutely love it. And it. Uh, yeah, I read so much. So I love that. Great. And the 
last question which I asked every guest on the show as it's about the power hour and about time and it is if you had one extra hour every single day there's now 25 hours a day what would you use your one extra hour to do probably get out in nature more I'd like go to amazing parks spaces hikes all that kind of stuff and spend time in nature brilliant thank you so much Alice for joining today for being on the show and for actually just you know beating that drum for me that we need to get up and make the most of that hour and that it's not a punishment but actually it's a luxury taking that time for yourself reclaiming an hour first thing to do something that you love amazing well thank you so much for having me I actually I've I've loved this podcast for so long so I'm actually very honored to be on it so thank you so much for having me I so appreciate it. That's brilliant. And thanks everyone for listening. As always, let us know if you've enjoyed listening to the episode today. You can rate, you can review on iTunes, share it with us, get in touch on social and wherever you are, have an awesome week and stay safe. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.